Hello, and welcome to another episode of Long Distance Short, GiftBasketsOverseas.com's podcast, where we talk to real people about the triumphs and tribulations in all kinds of long-distance relationships. Your host is Allie Winters, an international gift consultant who's found success in her own long-distance romances and friendships. And here's today's topic, the story behind GiftBasketsOverseas.com. Here at GBO, we're all in long-distance professional relationships. You'll hear from the CEO, Dimitri Peregadol, about how it all started, including tips about hiring freelancers and remote workers and making long-term, long-distance employment not only plausible, but highly successful. Let's jump right in, Ali. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Ali, your loyal host of the most relationship-related podcast on the web, Long Distance Short. Today's episode is really special as our guest is Dmitry Pereguda, who is the founder of the most successful international gift delivery company, giftbasketsoverseas.com. Dmitry uh, kindly agreed to share his experience with us, uh, and it's a real honor to have you today, Dmitry. Hi, Ali. Thank you. How is it going today? It's great. It's a sunny uh, autumn here in. Boston and uh, Leafwich is about to end. We're getting into mm. the holiday winter season, so it's exciting. <laughs> Do you like this period of time? Yeah, always love this time of the year. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the same here. All right, so I think there is a question that many uh, listeners would be interested in, especially uh, how it all started with givebasketsoverseas.com. Uh, I'm really excited to learn more about your relationship story at GBO. Sure. Yeah, a long time ago, my business partner and I, we started the company back in uh, 2002. Uh, and uh, the way it came about is that uh, I've had a personal experience sending flowers uh, to my motherland, to Russia. And uh, there, uh, there was a delivery company that did the job, and uh, I, I felt I felt that the service wasn't really that great. And uh, I, I'd had a girlfriend there at the time, and also had my parents uh, living in in Moscow, Russia, at the time. And you know, I, I was sending gifts and flowers to them quite often. Mm-hmm. And the experience I've I've had was was not up to the par where where I would expect uh, for for as an American consumer at the time already. I've, mm-hmm. I've lived in the U.S. for a while, and I, I felt that they weren't doing a good job. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Especially what made you think this is a bad service and I will do a better service? Great question. Yeah. So I, I felt uh, it was, it, they, they, they forced me to scan my credit card number, uh, credit card to take a, you know, take a scan of it. At the time there was no, there was no smartphones to take a picture. It was actually quite cumbersome to, to scan your um, credit card and also mm-hmm kind of scary to provide passport information to someone in Russia. Actually, it, they, the company was uh, was there overseas and it was quite quite scary to do that. It took, took a while to get the order approved with them and then eventually delivery was not timely and, and my my parents uh, weren't weren't that excited because it was, it was it came very late and my mm-hmm. girlfriend also didn't receive uh, flowers on time for, for Valentine's Day so I felt uh, it was quite quite a negative experience overall. Uh-huh. Well, that makes sense to me. So everything started with only two people, you and your partner, right? So how did your team extend or evolve with the time? 
Sure. Actually, initially it was just me and my business partner for a while, and we, we were just building a business, understanding how this is going to work and what sort of uh, team we would need. We've started the business, you know, on a part-time basis, working for companies at the, at the beginning, and and then later uh, focusing on the business more full-time. Started to understand that we need a customer service team, uh, a strong team that would uh, provide the best service, you know, to to the end customer. Mm-hmm. And so we started hiring multilingual customer service representatives. Started for just from just uh, several of them. There were only two at the beginning. Then we had five at some point, and sort of grew uh, to the size we are today um, where today we how have many, about, uh, yeah how many yeah we have, have around 60 60 people today uh, wow. overall mm-hmm. you know between uh, customer service sales uh, customer order processing team catalog marketing tech we have many departments now and each and everyone is well resourced and we have we, we've been growing over the last uh, 17 years, uh, fairly, fairly well. So that's, that's where we are today with 60, 60 full-time people. Well, sounds impressive. <laughs> but back at the time, um, you, you knew that uh, you wanted to make the international gift delivery company. So it wasn't just for Moscow, like between Moscow and Boston, let's say, but it's like the, the sure. whole globe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the beginning, we were just focusing on... Um, particular cities where we had connections uh, and uh, gifting uh, suppliers and uh, florists. Those were mostly, in the beginning, were just Moscow, Russia, and St. Petersburg, Russia. And then we've, we've expanded to uh, other locations uh, such as Ukraine and other cities in Russia and then eventually uh, all countries of the former Soviet Union. And that was um, done under the brand, um, you know, different brands. And, you know, my Moscow brand was called flowers to moscow.com and St. Petersburg brand mm-hmm. was called flowers to petersburg.com and flowers to ukraine.com and so on. We had several websites uh, focusing geographically on particular delivery locations. And uh, eventually we've, we've created a brand called russianflora.com, which was an international brand really focusing on all the countries of former Soviet Union and also other locations worldwide. And that, that was really a more flower brand not as much of a gift basket brand, mm-hmm. although we've had some gift baskets there, but focus uh, of the customers were really on a romantic gift senders who have some love overseas. So your podcast is, I believe, uh, is uh, around um, long distance relationships. So that was really our customer, mm-hmm. you know, who are dating online and finding their love uh, overseas. And they, they were using our service to, to send a flower uh, arrangement or a gift to someone far away and we were right in the middle of that and that was our be- beginning of where we are today and then eventually we sort of moved away from just personal gifts and we got into gift baskets and more business gifting so giftbasketsourcees.com is more corporate gifting company although we do have a lot of personal gifts there as well so uh, but that gift basket is, is really not just a romantic gift but often a, an appreciation gift a thank you gift and so that that company is is, is far beyond just a romantic uh, gift sender focus, but also has a focus on, on a business uh, sender. Yeah, totally. So I know you have hired freelancers. Uh, freelance is associated with long distance, uh, yes, and uh, long distance working, like maybe for some specific projects. So uh, what is the main difference between them in terms of maybe management? Because I think it's a real, really interesting um, idea to think about sure um yeah so the freelancers are 
generally people who want to work for themselves. Um, and uh, in, the, in the US, a sort of people, they usually would be called self-employed. So they employ themselves uh, mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, they're like their own animal, if you will. <laughs> uh, they, they, they have you know, certain style of how they want to work. Uh, they want to have less uh, structure in their job. They want to decide when and when they do the work and what kind of work they do. Generally, freelancers are most found in, in the area of uh, you know, foreign languages, translations. You see some in, some in customer service today. There are, there are many fields today where you see freelancers you know, and consultants that, that work in, you know, remotely. Um, so we, we don't really don't, don't distinguish that too much. But when we were starting, freelance was not as popular. Today, it is much more yeah. common. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are websites where freelancers work, you know, look for work and, and where we generally look for those types of people. And oftentimes when we find people to join us, they are freelancers and, and we sort of groom them into becoming more permanent contractors with us. Um, they still have you know, projects that they're working on and some mm-hmm. those projects change time to time and sometimes they, they don't change as much. But uh, a lot of these people you know, become permanent team members. They still have, enjoy a lot of flexibilities of their freelance engagement, uh, but, with, uh, but with us, they have also a very different fit on what we call a culture fit. And we, we, we look for those types of people who would really enjoy not just being a freelancer, but be, being a part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, we, I believe our team gives them that. Our company provides that sort of environment. Interesting. And for example, if uh, you want to hire somebody, yes, for our listeners, if they want to become a part of GBO, what criteria uh, do they need to have in order to fit in this big team, this big organism, so to say? Sure. In the early years, um, we've we've had a, a lot of hiring based on fit, uh, sorry, based of skill skill mm-hmm. set. So, for example, we looked at you know particular languages. Does this person speak English? Does this person speak Spanish? Does this person speak Russian or are they able to operate the computer? Are they quick with it? Um, are, they, are they great on the phone with customers? Do they like this? So a lot of this sort of stuff was um, really a skill-based hiring. And a lot of companies, oh, you know, and I think the trend had changed in the last, I don't know, five to 10 years where we, we see a lot of, of that changing. Uh, you know, a lot of companies and leaders uh, teach us that today hiring on skill is not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, have, we heard a lot from CEOs of um, famous companies that are fam- famous in, in uh, customer service, such as Zappos. Zappos is a company that sells shoes, and their CEO have uh, hired on a lot on fit uh, and core values uh, as opposed to just hiring on, uh, on skills. Um, so, so, for example, what uh, values? Yeah, so like, you know, and, and each company has their own, you know, core values that they feel mm-hmm. are important for, for them. And several things are important for our team and, and our, not just founding team, but the, those, those who joined the company over time. And those values are really focused on several, uh, several things, such as flexibility. You know, we all work from our own locations. A lot of people work from home. A lot of people work mm-hmm. from very flexible office environments where they feel like they're at home. So we want people to feel like they're home. We want people to feel flexible with us. We are flexible with them. And so flexibility is one of the core values we have. We, we, we cherish that. And we, we want people who work with us to also be flexible. So when we need them, 
to work, you know, more than they initially planned to, then sometimes they stay longer. People really do this uh, for us and they, they, they remain flexible, on the, you know, for the company. Yeah. We also mm-hmm. are trying to do the same with, with them and try to offer them flexibility. Ownership is another part where, you know, where we have um, big, uh, we put a lot of importance on ownership. So we want people to really uh, own their job and, 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 and be responsible for parts that they, they have. Um, you know, we, we don't really have the high degree of uh, control over them. So, uh, you know, everyone um, is somewhat independent to, to a high degree, much higher degrees than they would be working in a big office where everyone is in the same place. So that someone who has those sort of aptitudes, they would be the right people for us to, 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 uh, to attract. Yeah, it makes sense. And now, a few words for our sponsors. The international gift delivery company GiftBaskets.Overseas.com With all your favorite holidays coming closer, it might begin to feel impossible to get everyone's gifts and keep your sanity. Good news! GiftBaskets.Overseas.com makes it easy to send great gifts to more than 200 countries around the world all in one place, and you never have to leave your house to do it. Save yourself the time and hassle. Send everyone you love a decadent gift from giftbasketsoverseas.com and enjoy the holidays. So if we talk about this change, yes, from the contractor to a permanent member of your team, what are the signs of great workers, so to say? What shows first of all, that this is your person, that you're ready to work with this person like over a long time period? Yeah, so it's, it's really hard, hard to know in the beginning. You know, you're hiring someone over a long distance. They've never done this. They've done only their own work, work for themselves. They, how do you know if they're going to fit? So we don't uh, know that, but uh, a lot of time our managers at this point, like, it used to be mostly me, and now, uh, now there's mostly team leads and managers of particular departments make those decisions. They're definitely much better than I was when I was starting. And now they have more experience than I had when I was starting. But we all have six sense. And I think it's not only um, you know, skill-based or value-based hiring. You can't really judge how well a person is going to own something when you're first talking to them, right? How, how would you know that? How would you yeah, know mm-hmm. if the person is going to be a good team member uh, and communicator? How would you know if they can be a good team player you know would you would you really know if they're going to be flexible with you so you know asking some questions sometimes helpful we, we try to get those but but interview isn't really enough uh when we start working with someone the first one or two weeks generally uh make it very clear um when you have something um where you need um person to do some you know some ex something extra go an extra mile do something for you you can sometimes ask for that favor and see how they react it's not something they have to do so you like to um, test people. <laughs> uh, we don't really test them like on purpose, but there are situations right where you need something from someone and that isn't something they'd expect that they'd be asked in the first in a week natural or so. way, yeah. Like yeah, yeah you know. Mm-hmm. You know, but sometimes we do and um, of course first couple of weeks it's mostly training, but still you can sometimes see how dedicated someone is. Enthusiasm is something we really look for because enthusiasm is not really a value necessarily. It's it's something that you, someone has that in the beginning and later they may not necessarily have that, but they have a skill at that point and then they still may have enough motivation to keep going. But enthusiasm in the beginning is, is a must-have. Like if someone doesn't have enthusiasm and they're not enthusiastic about the job, about joining the team, 
you don't see that, then that's a very bad sign. You really need that in someone starting out. And regardless of how young or old person is, regardless of how emotional they are, you should look for signs of enthusiasm. And if, if that's not there, you should run away. You should really, you know, expel that sort of person. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. You know, they need, they need to have that. It's, that's must have. Um, you know, other things, um, really how well, how nice person to work with. And in the beginning, of course, we, we try to put our best face on and we do our best. But those, sort, those types of things, they may come out later. Uh, maybe in a month or two, you start seeing some signs that person isn't, isn't really that nice to work with and other people start complaining about this person. They're really not, type, not our type of person. Some people fit very well in, you know, in an office environment where the traditional office where they come to the work uh, nine to five, they leave, they come at nine, they leave at five, they have their coffee and lunch and they, they talk to you. They're sort of nice. They, they, they will work perfectly in a big company. With us, not always, right? Uh, it's, we, have, we still have kind of a startup-ish feel. We, we're, we're not a startup anymore, but we, we still have a lot of innovation happening every um, Every day, really, you know, every, every month for sure, we, we do new things, mm -hmm. we, we launch new projects, and we need someone who would enjoy that sort of environment. It's a little bit chaotic, a little bit hectic, a uh, little bit disorganized, and uh, definitely more organized than before, but still not 100% like a big company would be. Uh, so we need someone who would enjoy that sort, of, so that sort of environment. We need someone who would fit in this sort of environment, who would be part of that gladly and not, not be, you know, irritated by that so some mm -hmm. people who work in the big companies they come in here and they'd be like where am i what am i doing here so that's not the right person for us we, we enjoy people with experience but we prefer someone who would be open to experience we, we we're able to give and experience we we will enjoy we also have a lot of cultural things that we do i'm sure you know we can talk about those if you'd like mm -hmm. um you know things you know, we get together every year right and we we go on a trip um we, we get about half of the team joining those trips every time it's a new place, a new country and company pays for those trips. People go, um, you know, and they fly to some new place. So again, that, that sort of thing that you go, if you're a first timer joining the team and, and you're going to that kind of trip, you don't know anybody in person. You, you have to basically be ready to jump from very high tall building somewhere in the deep water. You don't know how deep it is. You don't know exactly who you're going to go with. And this sort of, Aptitude for risk, aptitude for a little bit disorganized and a little bit chaotic environment where you don't know people necessarily and you, you're ready to go with them and socialize and, and, and learn together. I think we're looking for those people who would be comfortable to go on those sort of trips, comfortable to socialize and communicate with a bunch of strangers initially. And then those who will become friends eventually and really you, you, you continue your, your relationship on a long distance after meeting them in person. That's you know, that's, an ex that's part of the experience. Yeah. So that's, that's, I, think, I think that kind of comes to our culture, right? Mm -hmm. And that speaks to how a long-distance relationship really comes in the physical world. And we have connection as well. So we have that, those two dots connected from long-distance to physical. Yeah. Well, that's really great. And, I mean, when you meet these people for the first time, uh, for some, like some of them, yes, it's, I think your corporate trips, they kind of show the way the company works in general, like, yeah. And um, we, we usually get a lot of pleasure, something new from visiting some new places. Um, yeah. 
Well, well, some well. people do. Some people do. That. So to your point, yes. So you're saying yes. We and the person because you probably are a person like that because you can speak to, to yourself for yourself and maybe yeah. some people friends <laughs> yeah, of yours. Of course, it's very because subjective. Of, you know, we attract uh, you know similar people to our environment. So we say we because that's that's who we are. And we you know I'm glad that you share that. But some people aren't like that. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. That that fit is not always about skill. Fit is also about what kind of person are you? Are you the, the type of person who would enjoy the things that we enjoy? Are you you know, are you a friendly person who would enjoy the new experiences uh, or would you be uncomfortable about that? And if you're uncomfortable, we don't really, really want, don't want you to be uncomfortable. We don't want you to be here if you're not going to enjoy what, what you do, right? And, you know, we want, you know, we want that, those people who would not only enjoy the work, but also will enjoy the social part yeah. of this interaction. And mm-hmm. that, that really comes to the culture. And we want those people to be happy with us we want them to be themselves with us uh, but with the time we can lose this fire we can uh, maybe get accustomed to what we do and how do you manage to keep them motivated and focused on work some people need some kind of motivation and they need their asses to to be kicked up yeah <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> yeah we're, we're great with ass kicking that's what we do but uh <laughs> to be honest uh more specifically you know we uh it's you know burnout is an issue for for any company i believe um i you know it's it's probably more um of an issue in companies where where people don't uh connect well Mm-hmm. And where communication chains are broken and people uh, don't notice that this happens. Um, when and if this happens with us, and we do have situations like this as well, time to time, mm-hmm. someone is close to a burnout point. And uh, in the beginning, when we were starting, we didn't know how, how it looks, how the burnout looks like and the first signs of it. Maybe you know, everybody can... experiences this in a different way, yeah. So we can Yeah, definitely. But you can, mm-hmm. you can see how person's changing. Like someone was really excited to do this work and they... They really, you know, done done so well, and then all of a sudden, like you don't see that. Um, you know, why is that? And sometimes people have a temporary, um, you know, life is life is full of stripes, right? We don't know um, how how it, how the next uh, you know period would be, but like it's a short period, it's not a big deal. But sometimes person just permanently becomes a different person, and they just don't enjoy it anymore, and they just not the same. They they they're really not part of the team to the level where we'd expect them to be. And, and our team is very noticeable because, um, you know, customers are the best judge, right? Mm-hmm. When someone works in customer service, sales, or customer processing, these, these people are on the, for, on the front lines of customer interaction. And customers generally would notice something and they would complain to someone about something and to the team. And they, sometimes these people would do less work and they would leave earlier or they would ask someone else to do their, their work for them. And eventually it just becomes that other people will have to do the work for them instead of them. And, um, you know, sometimes this, this is when really the person needs a different job, right? And that's, that's one of the solutions, right? You have to, you know, in, in our case, we, we sometimes find those opportunities where someone who is no longer able to successfully do the job they've been hired to do, we would, you know, transition that person out of that job and try to find them something else. Luckily, we now have a lot of uh, opportunities within the team where we need good people if they fit um, well in the culture, then, you know, finding them a different job may be possible mm-hmm. sometimes. In general, we've been lucky, I must say, you know, we've been lucky where we have very low turnover. A lot of people who come to us, they stay with us for, for a long time. We have a number of people who stayed with us for 10 to 12 years now, and I'm, yeah. I'm very excited yeah. to to have that those types of those types of numbers and you know big part of the team is you know 
three to five year old um, with us, <laughs> um, you know, so that's, that's, that's a good number. And we do have, you know, quite a few of those who, who join, you know, fresh meat, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, <laughs> toddlers. <laughs> yeah, toddlers. We, we call them, we call them Christmas virgins. Um, and uh, that's, uh, that's a term that some may understand, but uh, we, we basically have Christmas season, right? That, that's, that's the most, uh, that's the most difficult and most exciting at the same time, uh, mm -hmm. the period when most, most people want to send the gifts and we, we work, uh, you know, 10 times harder than, than normal <laughs> and, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, get, get about 15, 15 to 20 times more orders than normal months. So that, so that really makes, uh, makes it, um, difficult for a lot of newcomers so those who have never been through christmas they they call christmas versions and they you know they need to um, get through that difficult period where they they uh get the experience of christmas and that's that's where they sort of become a true part of the team <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah really makes sense all right and um in the end, like, what advice maybe would you give for entrepreneurs and managers about building business relationships on long distance? And maybe not only long, but um, basically, yeah, how, how to do it in the best way possible? I think being honest is a big thing. I mean, being honest and open, um, you know, long distance is one of those things where people find a lot of shady experiences yeah. uh, where, you know, you go and you meet someone online and this person turns out to be a scammer or you go and you, 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 you date someone and this person, uh, you know, turns out to be not the right person for you or you, or you try to find a job online and you find it, uh, start working with someone, they don't pay you, right? And, or things like that. I mean, you, there are so many hidden stones in a long distance world that in general, a lot of people uh, have stigma with getting involved um, with someone on a long distance. And so I believe in honesty and openness from the very beginning. So when we interview people, we tell them right at the interview that it will not be an easy job. And it's not. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I've done this and that. I've, I've, been, I've been around. I've tried these jobs. And, you know, I, I'm cool. I, I can do it. But oftentimes... People underestimate the difficulty, underestimate the commitment that we require um, because mm -hmm. what we have is not another freelance gig. It's, it's, it's a commitment to be part of the team and to share success and failures of the team and to be part of it all the way. And I believe it's, it's very different from freelancing and it's, it's, it's someone has to basically sort of transition out of being thinking as a freelancer, but to, to thinking as being a part of the team and being part of what we do sharing our values, sharing our goals, our mission of being the company to, to, uh, that is number one in gifting worldwide. And I believe, you know, in order to, to be part of that big idea, part of the big mission, people need to, uh, need to believe in what we do and to believe they need to trust us. And trust is a big thing that I believe we didn't talk about much on this interview, but, uh, but trust is, is really what makes it all work. And we're trusting a person joining us to uh, work with us and be honest with us. And we want to be honest with the person. We tell upfront all they can expect. We tell upfront what's going to happen. And we try to be very honest from the interview time to all the way through a relationship. And that builds a true trust. Now, obviously, you know, people, people over time, uh, you know, that's how we built the reputation uh, online as, as one of the best places to work for online. And this is the... Uh, this is where we are today uh, mm -hmm. after having trusted so many people and, that, and after getting trust 
from so many people. So I think this mutual trust is what makes it all work. Yeah, it should be mutual 100%. Thank you so much, Dmitry, for such an atmospheric interview. Uh, I really, uh, it was a big pleasure for me. And I think this will be really an informative and interesting piece of uh, information for our listeners. So once again, thanks, Tom. Um, it's a pleasure to have such a guest like you. Thank you so much for having me, Ali. And uh, good luck with the podcast. You have a great, great thing going with a long distance shirt. And, uh, uh, you know, if, uh, if any uh, listeners, uh, you know, would like, um, I'm happy to share uh, a coupon code uh, just with your listeners so that they can take advantage of uh, our gifting service. And uh, perhaps in, a, in, a, in a spite of a recent discussion, let's call the coupon TRUST25. And this will be for $25 of any gift they can buy on giftbasketsoverseas.com within next month. So uh, next 30 days, uh, any listener can save $25 with the coupon TRUST25. And uh, thanks again for having me. Yeah, and thanks so much for giving this opportunity to our listeners. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is uh, our fifth episode of Long Distance Short. Uh, if you want to listen more, just check our blog posts. And uh, you can find there not only the episodes, but also the transcripts, as well as you can reach out to us. Thank you so much. And we'll see you in a month's time. Thanks for listening to Long Distance Short giftbasketsoverseas.com's podcast with real people in real long-distance relationships. Make sure to subscribe and keep tuning in for a new episode every month. If you have any questions or ideas for a future podcast, make sure to drop us a line at podcast at giftbasketsoverseas.com. That's podcast at giftbasketsoverseas.com.